Thank you for listening to Tahlequah First United Methodist Church's sermon podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go online at tahlequahumc.org. Thank you and have a blessed day. So today's scripture reading, we're going to continue on with our, with our series that we've been discussing with 1 John. And, the, and this comes from chapter 4, verses 7 through 21. Hear these words. Dear friends, let's love each other. Because love is from God, and everyone who loves is born from God and knows God. The person who doesn't love does not know God, because God is love. This is how the love of God is revealed to us. God has sent his only son into the world so that we can live through him. This is love. It is not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice that deals with our sins. Dear friends, if God loved us this way, we also want to love each other. No one has ever seen God. If we love each other, God remains in us and his love is made perfect in us. This is how we know we remain in him and, and he remains in us because he has given us a measure of his spirit. We have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. If any of us confess that Jesus is God's Son, God remains in us and we remain in God. We have known and have believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And those who remain in love remain in God and God remains in them. This is how love has been perfected in us so that we can have confidence on the judgment day because we are exactly the same as God is in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear expects punishment. The person who is afraid has not been made perfect in love. We love because God first loved us. Those who say, I love God and hate their brothers or sisters are liars, after all. Those who don't love their brothers or sisters whom they have seen can hardly love God whom they have not seen. The commandment we have from him, those who claim to love God ought to love their brother and sister also. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So there's a great story about an old man who lived alone in a village. And he wanted to spade his potato garden. He wanted to till up his garden for potatoes. But it was very hard work. And his only son, who would have helped him, was in prison. And the old man wrote a letter to his son and mentioned his situation. Dear son, I am feeling pretty bad because it looks like I won't be able to to plant my potato garden this year. I hate to miss doing the garden because your mother always loved planting time. I'm just getting too old to be digging up a garden plot. You see, if you were here, all my troubles would be over. I know you would dig that plot for me if you weren't in prison. Love, Dad. Shortly, Thereafter, the old man received a telegram, and it said, For heaven's sakes, Dad, don't dig the garden up. That's where I buried the guns. <laughs> At 4 a.m. the next morning, 
a dozen FBI agents and local police officers showed up and dug up the entire garden without finding one gun. Confused, the old man wrote another note to his son telling him what had happened and asked him what to do next. And his son replied with a letter, Dad, go ahead and plant your potatoes. It's the best I could do for you from here. So the moral of the story is, no matter where you are in the world, if you have decided to do something deep from your heart, you can do it. It's the thought that matters, not where you are or where the person is. And that's where we're at this morning in 1 John, especially in chapters 3 and 4. It says, look, 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 it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. If you make the decision to do something deep from your heart, you can do it. Making that decision from your heart is making that thing, seeing yourself, making that decision is to love. Remember, God is love. 1 John 4 contains one of the most startling claims in all of Scripture. In fact, that Scripture that I just read, in those 14 verses, 28 times the word love is mentioned. When Pastor Matt told me that I could have this Sunday, he says, but I really want you to stick to the series if you can. And I said, well, what is it? I said, what one is that one? What, what Scripture reading? And he came in and he stood and he looked up and he goes, you got to be kidding me. And I said, what? And he goes, this is your thing. It's all about love. And he just turned back around and walked out and I said, yes, I can do this. I can do this one. He said, yeah, I know. Love. It's one that we've heard so often. It's bold, but perhaps its boldness has lost a little bit on us. We've had to keep in mind that the name of God was so precious to the Jews. It was so precious to the Jews that they would not speak it. The word God was not spoke. God's image was so precious and vast that it was not to be depicted to graven images. So they were afraid to speak it. When God is spoken of, though, out of the pages of the Bible, it's most often done in a metaphor. The writers of Scripture were far more comfortable talking about what God is like than they were to try and say with certainly who God is. But here, in 1 John 4, that carefulness and that hesitation is thrown out the window. John writes, God is love, period. Man, I like that. So my question today is, what does your love look like? Sometimes I wonder if radical statements like God is love have lost their depth and their power and their boldness when we hear, when we hear them because we're constantly bombarded with weak concepts of love. You know, like we're talking to others and we talk about loving certain kinds of food, loving television shows, or loving sports. We connect love with some, something that makes us happy or something that makes us feel a certain way. But love reaches so far beyond all of that. Love is unexpected. 
It often comes to us at the exact opposite of what we thought we'd get. Exact opposite. Love is unafraid. It knows that when all is said and done, the one we will stand before is one who loves us. Love wins. Even in the face of struggle and adversity, love wins. Love wins in the end. I've thought a lot about times in my life when love had won. I thought about times right here in this church when love has showed up. My grandbaby has been amongst this church since she was four days old. Her mama had to go back to school. Pastor James and the SBRC and everybody said, well, of course, just keep her here. A swing was brought into my office. And I guess that's why now when you see my grandbaby run up and down the aisle or run around and say, it's okay, I got this, or it's okay, it's because she thinks, you know, this is home. Love. Love wins. I thought about the examples here. The volunteers that show up to answer the phone, to fold bulletins so graciously to make sure pews are clean and things are straightened for Sunday. Camp Wesley, when we had the candle, we always sang a song. And I would light the candles on the altar. And the third day, the candles went out. I got through halfway through the first song and the candles went out. And they said, oh, the candles went out, the candles went out, Pastor Shanna. And I said, you know what? The great guy who fills those candles has been ill for the last couple of weeks and hasn't been here. And I said, and that's his job. He fills those candles for us and takes care to make sure there's oil in those candles. And one of the little girls in the back, I won't mention any names, said, that's what I'm going to do when I get older then. And I said, what are you going to do? She goes, I'm going to be the girl that fills those candles. And I said, well, that's a great job. She says, because I love Jesus too. And I said, I think that's a great job. Thank you for doing that. The care team who constantly is here making sure that cards are sent and people are not missed. Someone's been missing for a couple of weeks. We haven't seen them in church. What's wrong? The love that has been shown through the Feed My Sheep ministry. And I already mentioned what Camp Wesley, but oh my goodness. I heard Pastor Matt tell somebody the other day, 50 volunteers from the church volunteered during those nine days. 50 volunteers daily. 50 volunteers from this church to make sure that the children were safe and had a safe place to go and were entertained while their parents and their guardians worked. If you ever think you need a safe place where love is in action and you need to know what it looks like, then come to the Wesley. If you ever think you need just to sit and be amongst us, be amongst love, come to the Wesley. College students are a left-behind bunch of youths. I truly believe. Can you remember when you were 18... 19 or 20. Now, I do have to say it has been a while for me, but I remember being at college and wanting just a taste of home. 
wanting just a bit of comfort away from all the stress of the test and passing of the classes and the worry about money that I didn't have. There are starving students at the Wesley, and I'm just not talking about their bellies being hungry because that's a never-ending battle. But what I mean by starving is that they hunger for the truth. They hunger for acceptance. They hunger to serve. They hunger to be called on. They hunger for love. Millennium Odeen is a huge hit at the Wesley on Wednesdays when she, serves, she comes and helps serve the lunch. Do you know why she is? Because every student that walks through that door, she asks their name and how is their day going. Every student. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell something and she will agree. She doesn't remember most of their names because time and time again they'll come in and they'll hug her and they ask how she is and what's going on and they'll, and, and they'll walk away and I'll say, who's that? And she says, I, I don't know. But they know the love and they see the love. God is love. And when they leave, they get told by Melanie or myself, God loves you and so do I. Have a great day. Now, I got to tell you, not all of them take to it. Some of them smile and some of them walk away like they didn't hear us. And some of them look back at us and run back and hug us and say, oh, I love you too. Isn't God great? So how do I show my love? I've thought about this, and I'll admit to you that there are days I show it better than others. And I've thought about recently who has recently witnessed firsthand my love. And I didn't even know at the time that I was showing it. And I received permission to tell this story. So we were at our mission trip spring break in Houston, and uh, Joseph Dean, our drummer, who was in the Wesley Band and a member of our leadership team, had spent the day with our youth group, working pretty hard. It was hot um, that day, and we had went to a church. We had left the church, our church home, at 6.30 in the morning and went to a church and bagged 40-pound sacks of food for three hours straight, moving as fast as we could. Then we left there, it was downtown Houston, and we went to Whataburger for lunch, sit down and had a great lunch. And then we left. We drove an hour to a homeless teen uh, shelter and stayed there all afternoon and evening and worked with the teens and uh, did some bonding with the teens and then left, went and had showers at the club, went back to the church home, had worship, closing information, finally was able to bed down about 11 p.m. that night. I was never so thankful to see my air mattress that night in my entire life. I laid across there and thought, I'd brush my teeth and I'd put my hair up on top of my head and I had my makeup off and no shoes on and and, just shorts and a t-shirt and I lay across that bed. And even with the girls in the room, I said, thank God this day is over. And there's a knock on the door. And I said, come in. And it was Joe. And he said, hey, Shanna, uh, I think I threw my retainer away today at Whataburger. And I look at him and I said, are you kidding me? And I'm laying across my air mattress and the girls are snickering. And he goes, no, I'm not. I said, how do do you think that? Now, why would you know that? He says, well, I took it out 
And I wrapped it in a napkin. I set it on my tray. And he says, and when we left, he says, I threw everything away on the tray. He says, and I don't have my retainer. I said, oh, Joe. I said, Joe, it's 11 o'clock. I know, I know. I said, now, um, I said, well, go call Whataburger and see what time the trash is picked up. I said, what are you wanting to do? He goes, Jenny, we need to go through the trash. I said, Joe, that was at noon today. And he said, I know, I know. I said, all right, come on. I said, I said I'm just going to lay here, Joe, and you call Whataburger and ask them what time the trash gets picked up. And he said, okay. He goes, then, and what if they say it don't pick up until the morning? I said, well, Joe, I guess I'll put my bra back on and I will go with you <laughs> and take you to get that and look for the trash. He said, okay, well, I'll put mine on too then, Shanna. And I, I just kind of smiled. Now, I do have to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to admit to you, as he walked out and shut that door, in my mind, I said, God, please let them have already picked up the trash. I need to lay here. But he came back seconds later and said, well, the guy that I talked to wasn't really with it, but he thinks that it doesn't come till morning. I said, give me that phone. So I called and talked to the manager, and the manager said, do you want to dig through our trash? And I said, yes, I do. I said, you know, this young man really needs his retainer. I said, he's worried about it. I said, he don't want to tell his mom and dad that he's lost the retainer. I said, I think that this isn't his first retainer he's lost. And I said, it's a bad deal, so please. He said, come on, you can dig through our dumpster. You better bring some lights. And I said, okay. So I got up and put on the necessary clothes that I needed to have on. Now here's what's funny. Pastor Matt always sit outside in the hallway until everybody was asleep. He sat outside, worked on his laptop, and was out there. So he heard our conversation about what was going on. And as we walked out that door, do you know he never even made eye contact with me? He kept his head down <laughs> and never made eye contact with me. We walked all the way past him, out the door, never made contact. So we drove to Whataburger, and as we got there, a young man walked up to us, <laughs> and now it's, by now it's 11.45 or 12, and Joe goes, oh no, here comes a guy. And so the guy walks up to us and says, hey, ma'am, don't, I don't really want nothing except my wife is pregnant, and they won't let me order nothing through the drive-thru because I'm on foot, and we do, I just live across the street. I got my money, we, but I don't want to go back without her hamburger and her shake. Please, can you order it for me and I'll give you the money? I said, I'll go get it for you. I said, Joe, get out and start digging the trash out of the dumpster. <laughs> I said, I'll get it for you. So I did. Come back. And the man had his pregnant wife now at 1220 call me to thank me for her hamburger and her shake because she was so grateful for it. And we shoved the van up to the dumpster and he started throwing the trash bags over. Man, I want to tell you something. That is some stinking stuff. And we dug for two hours until the trash dumpster, trash truck guy, we heard this terrible honk behind us, and it was him wanting us to move because it was time. We had trash slung everywhere, digging through papers. We had gloves trying to find this retainer and digging and digging and digging. And he said, Joe, this is one of my worst nights ever. I said, well, you haven't lived long enough because this hasn't come near one of my worst nights ever. <laughs> 
I said, it just stinks. It's okay. And so when the trash truck came, I could almost see him start to cry. I said, Joe, it's okay. Let's take these other two that we haven't looked at, and let's put the rest back in the dumpster. And he's hurrying as fast as he can. Now, I got to tell you something. Some of you all know my fear for mice, and I prayed to God there wasn't going to be a mouse crawl out of that dumpster. Oh, I didn't care what kind of retainer. I would pay for the retainer at that point. If I saw a mouse, we were not going to, well, we weren't going to stay. Long story short, we dug the other two trashes. We never found the retainer. I was sick. I was heartbroken for Joe. At 2 o'clock in the morning, we're driving home. But I'll never forget these words. And I didn't even know this was what I had or what was said or what was done and how profound it was to this young man. He's sitting beside me, and he says, we can't take showers till tomorrow afternoon, can we? <laughs> and I said, I said, no, we can't. He goes, I don't think I ever want to eat at a Whataburger again. I said, me neither. <laughs> then in the quiet of the Houston Highway, he looks at me in the dark, and he says, Shanna, you do really go out and around to show God's love, don't you? And I looked at him, and I said, well, Joe, I said, you had to have that retainer, honey. And I'm just sorry. And he said, I will remember this forever, Shanna, and I will always try to live this way too. That, ladies and gentlemen, that, ladies and gentlemen, was worth every bit of the 20 hours that I had been on my feet. Showing God's love. Just digging through a trash. Now some kids are just ornery. Thomas Snyder for Easter thought he'd be funny because he got whiff of the whole thing and thought he'd be funny. And so he brought me a ketchup from Whataburger and a mustard from Whataburger too. Thinking he's funny. And, and I can't even show it to Joe because Joe's stomach starts to, to turn. Showing God's love. I'm sorry I've kept you all over. But you all show God's love so much and you don't even know it. And I want you to see this video shortly. It's a short, short video. And then we'll close. What's our life insurance? You know what our life insurance is? God is love. That's where we'll show it. That's how we'll live it. That's where it's all about. So the next week, I ask you, how are you going to show God's love? Because God is love. On a side note, I want to tell you as the band's coming forward, I have met Joseph Dean and Emily Dean's parents. They're quite lovely people, and they would not have said anything. And as I'm driving home at 2 a.m. in the morning, I'm thinking, you know, I know them. They would not be that mad. <laughs> but... Thank you all for your time and your love. Thank you for listening to Tahlequah First Amethyst Church's Sermon Podcast. If you'd love to join us in person, we worship at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings. And you can find out more information about us by going online at tahlequahumc.org. Thank you and have a blessed day.